you are experiencing HR After Dark, solving the people problems that keep you up at night. We exist to make the people part of business easier for leaders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and business owners of all kinds. And thank you for joining us for HR After Dark. My name is Jada Willis, and I'll be your host. I'm the CEO of Willis HR. I'm so excited about our guest today. We are going to be talking about some really cool stuff. We have Jennifer Thornton. Welcome to HR After Dark. Thanks for having me. Uh, we're, we're so excited to talk to you a little bit more. I know that you are an expert. I'm going to deem you at least as an expert in talent strategy and leadership development. But just for our, our listeners' sake, tell us a little bit more about who you are and, and some of the clients that you support. Yeah, so I am the CEO and founder of 304 Coaching. And what we do at 304 is we really focus on creating talent strategies that match an organization's business strategies. So oftentimes we spend a ton of time building a business strategy and all of this stuff that's going to happen and the ROIs and the profits and the shipping and all this good stuff. And then we forget to think, well, who's going to do that? And how's it actually going to get done? That's right. I know. Isn't that funny how that always kind of forgets? And then we struggle with our business plan because we we don't have a talent strategy attached to it. And so that's what we focus on. And we help bring tools to an organization to make sure that their talent strategy is effective and efficient. I think that everyone can agree that this is uh, definitely a service that's needed. And there's so much that we can learn today. But I know we're talking a little bit more about, and you've introduced this this term or this phrase to me, executive hunger games. When I saw this, I was like, wow, what is it? But I know it's true. So just tell us a little bit more about this concept. So when I think about the executive hunger games, we have to really start with, you know, that's where we kind of end up, but how did we get there? And how do we get there is around really the neuroscience of the mind. What's interesting is, when we are in conversations, our words and our actions either create fear in the mind or create collaboration. When it creates fear, we're using our primitive brain and its only job, and really our brain's only job in any piece of it is to keep us alive. And what happens is we create fear in our employees. And it's not fear like you would think, like, oh, I might lose my job. It's fear of judgment, fear of failure. I've spoken up before and I got in trouble because my boss didn't like my idea. And when you think about how we were taught to lead in like the 20th century, where you had to be the expert as if you were the leader, you're supposed to know it all. And if you were the leader, you should be telling everyone everything. Well, that actually is a fear-based mentality. And when we speak in those terms and we create fear, it closes down the prefrontal cortex. And the prefrontal cortex is where all the good stuff happens. So that's where new ideas and collaboration and actually where we learn. And so if you are frustrated with an employee and you're yelling at them and thinking you're teaching them, you're not. You're actually closed down the part of their brain that learns and takes in information because they are sitting in fear. It's not a choice. It's a chemical reaction we all have. That's, this is fascinating, but I think it's also very relevant in the midst of COVID-19 and the pandemic, because a lot of the trainings that I'm doing is talking to leaders about creating that more of a fostering a supportive work environment, making sure they're doing touch-based one-on-ones and really even doing more check-ins, right? But it's not just about the emotional check-in, but it's actually like, how, what are your reactions if they do make a mistake? And are we taking 
into account everything that's going on around us. I guess, so what, what tips would you give leaders and executives right now in this really turbulent time? So, you know, we should be checking in more, you know, things are tough, but what happens is we're very busy because also our work has changed. And so our check-in may be like, hey, everything good? You seem good. You're good? Okay, great. And then off you go, right? <laughs> and we've checked the box. We checked in. Um, but what we need to do is think about how do we use our language to get someone to open up and share. And so one of the best tips that we can do is say to someone, hey, you know, a lot's happened this year. When you look back on this one, this last year, what is one thing that you're proud of that you did? And it's super important to stop and say, what's one thing? Because that says, oh, I have to give my boss a answer. And so you give an answer, but then when you give an answer and then your boss says, well, you know, I'm proud of that too. Tell me more. You've kind of broken that ice. And so that person will tell you more. Same thing happens is, Hey, are you good? You, you understood all my directions, right? You've got this project. You're, you're good. If you need anything, just let me know. Well, no one's going to say, Hey, I don't understand, you know, help me. But after you deploy or you give directions to deploy a team, the question should be, what's one thing that you want more clarification on? Because it forces ah, them to start talking. That is such a good point. What's that, you know, one thing. And it kind of, you know, so you're telling us that there's, there's something that also happens from a, our brain reaction standpoint that helps us to even focus on providing that one thing. But it also maybe takes our defenses down and eliminates the the fear factor which is absolutely needed right now because i mean i know that you probably have heard about you know decision fatigue and the pandemic meltdown and everything that everyone's going through well that's all feeding back though into the executive mindset and even leadership do you do you agree with that yeah absolutely you know what's interesting is that as leaders we sit in fear a lot and you know we may be making a decision but we don't you know we can predict what we think the outcome is but we're not a hundred percent sure and just like our team has fears we have fears you know our fear might be if I make the wrong decision I might have to do a reduction in staff and that, that would be just horrible the fear could be, I, you know, have built this great team, but now I have to give them bad news. And I hope that my team know, you know, doesn't change their mind or their opinions about me because I've worked really hard to build a strong team. So all that fear and all that chemical reaction, um, that cortisol that pops up when we're in fear, it plays into all of us. And then when we communicate in fear, it typically sounds very different than when we, we communicate from a place of, you know, a stable mind and, and without fear in a place when our prefrontal cortex is being creative and, and thinking about innovation and collaboration, you know, that, that fear communication sounds a lot different. It's very much directive and, um, you know, do this, not that little discussion because you're in fear. So your mind isn't open to taking in a new information when it needs to take it in the most. Oh, that completely makes sense. And this is, you know, you know, it's nice whenever you're, you're in these interviews and you even hear something, it's a good reminder for yourself as a leader, as a business owner. Something that I saw even on your, your website was leadership starts at the top though. I mean, I'm, and I completely hear what you're saying, but you have to be that example. You have to be on, I don't know if you've ever heard this, but I've heard the phrase of HR can never have a bad day. 
Do you find that to be true? Is that not advice we should be sharing with our leaders and HR community? <laughs> you know, I we all are going to have a bad day. I think if we say HR can never have a bad day, we're setting ourselves up for failure. And we're setting ourselves up for this assumption that I can't be honest when I'm struggling. And if you can't be honest when you're struggling, then, then you'll struggle even more. And so can we flip that to HR always has to think with a lens of people in mind first, you know, maybe change it to a new lens versus you can never have a bad day because that's not capable from a human standpoint. You're completely right. I love your positioning. So this is what, so, you know, just knowing you a short time, this is what's really cool. So you're taking that seemingly or potentially negative statement and you're switching your mindset, you're switching that perspective. And really that's, that's the best practice that as executives that we should be doing or practicing on our day-to-day basis for our teams. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where the hunger games start to come in. You know, when we have a room full of executives that are stressed, that are in fear, they're in protection mode because that's what happens. And when they come to the table, they're protecting their own interests. They're protecting the interest of their team. And there's some value to that. Always protect your team. But what happens is then when they show up to the table, they're so concerned about their own need to be smart at the table, to be looked at as a contributor, to make sure people think they have the best team, that they're focused on their needs and they're not focused on the needs of everyone at that table. And so then the infighting starts, right? You know, your team didn't do this. So my team failed. Well, my team failed because that guy over there, his team didn't do that. And then that team says, well, she, her team didn't do that. And then it starts this fighting, but what we need to say is what's the right decision for the organization. And then as an executive, how do you take that back down to your team and make it work within your team? But almost every team I start working with, when I start working with team executive coaching, they start blaming each other instead of getting really clear on what the organization needs and what's their part in that and protecting the whole versus them as a part. I think, I think we've gotten a glimpse of it, but you know, you talk about executive hunger games and, you know, really what that is, you know, in my mind, when I, when I kind of saw that, I was like, are you inviting them to the hunger games? Um, but, but I wanted to learn more. And I think our, probably our listeners want to know more about how do you work with clients, I guess, to even walk them through or help them through this, well, executive hunger games. How, what does that look like? So when we start working with clients and we are brought in to either create culture if they're a new startup and, you know, they may be new in their process. So it's important to make a a point to make sure that culture doesn't grow organically. We need to say what it is and we need to live it and make it come true. Or sometimes we come in and we're there to fix a culture and to rewrite. One is easier than the other. I'll let everyone guess which one's easier than the other. Um, But when we come in, the first thing we do is we get really honest about our position. So each person in the room, what is your fear and how does your fear start to verbally translate with each other? And then we start to look at, all right, that's, that's our new reality. 
what do, what do we want our reality to be? And then we have to start connecting those two. And it starts at the top because if the executives talk to each other differently, then they're creating collaboration. And that, that voice of collaboration starts to go down through the to the different levels. So if you are an executive and you're, you know, fighting and not getting along with anyone else at the table, when you go back to your team, that message, that voice, whether you mean it to or not, will come down to your team. And then your team's like, well, my boss thinks that group over there doesn't know what they're doing anyhow. So I don't think they know what they're doing. And so then, you know, it just starts this culture of um, protection and, you know, where we just don't trust each other. And when we're in protection, that, you know, primitive brain is on fire and nothing else is happening, but it's making sure we stay alive. Perfect. Well, do you ever incorporate uh, personality assessments or any assessments as, as well? And, and if not, then why is that? So we do. So the assessment that we use at 304 Coaching is OAD, Organization Analyst and Design. And it's an incredible tool. It's EEOC compliance. So you can use it to make sure that you're hiring the right people with the right traits for that job. So do they have the right level of detail, assertiveness, creativity? Then once they're on board, how do you use that information to build strong communication, strong relationships? You know, if you have two people that aren't getting along and I can throw down those OADs and one may have an when they make decisions, they lean towards thinking about people's feelings, but the other one makes decisions on analytics. So clearly they're going to see each other making very wrong decisions, but they both have the same goal. So how do they start to know each other to work towards that middle and appreciate what each person brings to the table? Um, so that's the assessment we use. It's fantastic. And um, we sell it to um, large organizations, small organization, organizations, so they can use it for a full life cycle of that employee. Fantastic. Now, it does seem like you have plenty of tools and uh, tools in your tool belt, but also the strategies in mind to really help leaders and executives. And I, and I did realize that it's also not just here in the United States, international as well, that you're, you're helping clients. And I'm so thankful for that because we have international listeners that really could benefit from someone like you and, and, and your team. So I guess anything else that you want to give our listeners, any last tidbits of advice or so one of the things that I love to do is help teams come up with innovative ideas. And it sounds really easy. You just tell everyone to go to the boardroom and bring their best ideas. Well, the mind doesn't do so well with those directions. So if you call people in for a brainstorming meeting, fear instantly comes in. What if my ideas are too far out there? What We've tried this before, but it didn't work. The, I can't tell the truth because this is someone's pet project and they'll get mad. So you're never going to get the truth. But if you have what I love to call a crazy idea meeting and you know the neuroscience of the brain, you can say things like, hey, we're going to have a crazy idea meeting and I want you to bring the most ridiculous ideas you could ever think of to promote product, you know, sparkle. And in fact, I'm going to give awards out for the most ridiculous idea because that tells the brain that expectation is to push big. And that's where you start to find really amazing ideas. And if you wanna do one of those meetings, I have all the instructions. You can download it from 304 Coaching, but it tells you how to set up the meeting, how to run the meeting, and then how to follow up after the meeting to start creating, to start creating innovation within your team. I'm, I'm signing Willis HR up. I, I can't wait. We're definitely having a crazy idea meeting and man, 
<laughs> I'm pumped about it. And there's actually structure that you're providing. Perfect. Okay. So if our audience wants to get in touch with you, how do they do that? So I'd love to connect with you on LinkedIn. You can find me at Jen Thornton ACC. We can continue the conversation there. Also love to invite you to 304coaching.com and you can um, go through the website and schedule a time to talk with me about strategies you may need for your organization. Thank you so much. And I think that this is so fascinating. I, I could talk to you probably for hours and I probably plan to. So <laughs> I recommend if you want to learn more, please make sure you get in touch with Jennifer Gordon. And we appreciate you following HR After Dark. Visit willishr.com if you want to take that free HR risk assessment to make sure that you are being legally compliant and that your culture is going the right direction for where you are headed as an organization. And we wish you the very best of